our 21 day of prayer guide. So this is something that we've put together as a church to help you walk through the next 21 days. And let me explain why. So first, I'm super excited because here we are. We're the last day of 2017. Tomorrow starts 2018, a new year, a new you, all the slogans and cool stuff. It can be true, but the most important thing is where is your future? Everything we do is about our future. So where is your 2018 and beyond? Are you stuck here in 2017 in the past and the hurts, the habits, and the hangups that are holding you here? Or are you propelling through that into 2018 and beyond as a new you? Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing is two awesome things are happening with us here at Hope Church. In just shy of three weeks, just shy of 21 days, as a matter of fact, 22 days from today, we launch two services. So that is an awesome opportunity for us to open up the table. So, you know, you have guests come over, you put the flies in the table or the leaves in the table, and you open that table up, and you allow more people to come to sit. We're doing that two services on the 21st of January. It's 22 days from today. Also on the 21st of January, something really cool near and dear to my heart, community groups for the spring open up. So that's an opportunity for us to take the word of God that we learn on Sunday, everything we're doing Monday through Saturday to feed ourselves, to sit down in a community of believers to say, hey, you know what, life's really not that bad. And we can learn together as a group of our peers. So those are the few things that I wanted to share with you guys today about what's to come. All right, so the first thing we're going to do is uh, today, I'm going to talk about prayer and fasting prayer and fasting. So I know as soon as I said prayer, I had most of your attention. As soon as I said fasting, about 80% of you just checked out. So we're going to talk about prayer and fasting. And fasting is not painful. It's uncomfortable. It's not painful because you're going to cast those fears and those anxieties on God when you're walking through that. And we'll get into a little more details about that soon. Okay. So uh, today, if you brought your Bible, take it out. If you didn't bring your Bible, pull out your Bible app. If you don't have that, then the uh, stuff should be on the screen behind me, and I'm going to be blocking it because I've got a big, big torso. So I'll be walking back and forth, and this giant head will be in the way. So just kind of do this if you need me to move. All right. So we're going to be referencing Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15. All right. So I'm going to read through this with you guys. Really quick, I think it's really important that we always go through the Word of God together. So it should be reflecting on the screen behind me, Matthew 6, verses 5 through 15. And this is the English Standard Version. This is my favorite version of the Bible. You pick whichever version you can read, whichever one you will read, so that's okay with me. Um, But the Lord's Prayer. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And check this out. And your father who is in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Jesus says, pray then like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So that's pretty powerful. So before we go into that anymore, I want to talk about point number one. So point number one, if you're a note-taking person, take notes. Because we've all heard it said before, those who take notes get the fast pass to heaven. That's kind of scary, right? You're like, whoa, I'm not ready yet. 
No, I'm just teasing. Every, everybody who believes in, in, in their heart and confesses with their mouth the, the Lord Jesus Christ will make it into heaven. However, um, take some notes. Here we go. Point number one. Prayer connects us to God. Prayer connects us to God. All right, so what is prayer? Well, I would pull the audience. We, have, we play this really cool game at work where it's an online game. I always forget the name of it, but my kids talk about it all the time. Um, but it's a really cool game. We can pull the audience. The person with the closest uh, answer wins. The fastest response wins, but we're going to hold up on that. So prayer is this. The Greek word for prayer, now listen closely because some people will think I'm saying something else. UK, UK, not Yu-Gi-Oh, UK, okay? The Greek word for prayer is UK, and it means a prayer comprising of a vow. So a prayer means a prayer, a prayer comprising of a vow. So we dig in, what does prayer mean even more than that? Prayer is simply a conversation with God. Prayer is how you communicate to God. Prayer is simply a communication with the Lord. It is soft, it is audible, sometimes it's private, and sometimes it's loud. So we know what prayer is, so why do we pray? Well, first and foremost, prayer is God's will for us. Prayer is God's will for us. So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18, the Bible says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So it's God's will for us to pray. So it's not just God's will for us to pray before dinner or to pray when someone's sick or to pray when we're in fear of losing our job or to pray when we've done something we shouldn't have done and we're hoping that no one goes back and checks our browser history. Prayer is something that we do to communicate with God. It's according to his will, and it's something very, very important to him. As a matter of fact, it's so important that it's mentioned 313 times in the Bible from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation. 313 times. Prayer strengthens our relationship with God. Think about this. The more time we spend in prayer, the more close we, be get, we become with God. The more time we spend in prayer, the more closely we get with God. And the more in-depth our relationship is, the stronger our relationship becomes, and the more we trust him. Okay, the more we trust him. So think about this. In your relationships from day to day, whether it's husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend, brother and sister, mother and father, aunts or uncles, friends, no matter what that is, how would your relationship be in six months if you never communicated? I'm talking not a text message, not a voicemail, not a phone call, not even a, an email. You never even saw that person. You knew they were there. You knew they existed. They're part of your life, but you don't spend any time with them. It wouldn't be good. It would be really tough. And so think about this. You've accepted Christ, maybe you were like me. Seven years old, I accepted Jesus. I lived a life of a spiritual roller coaster, always trying to find God in everything that I did. But no one actually sat before me and said, the spirit of heaven, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is within you. You don't have to keep seeking him, just have communication. God yearns for our relationship. He desires time with us. As a matter of fact, Jesus even says in the Bible, when you pray, not if you pray, not you should pray, not ought to pray, not coulda, woulda, shoulda, not if you don't, it's not going to get you there, not here's my number, call me, maybe. He says, when you pray, when you pray. 
So now we know what prayer is. We know why we pray. Let's talk about how we pray. Well, before we do anything else, this is not a game. Prayer is very important. I want to make sure I'm setting you straight and getting you ready for 2018 and beyond. We need to know how we pray. But there are some rules. And yes, I just spit. I'm sorry about that. There are some rules to prayer. Let's talk about the rules. There are do nots and there are do's. So let's look at the do nots. Matthew 6, verse 5 and 7 and 8. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. And seven and eight, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. I think that's pretty powerful in and of itself. God knows what we need. He knows what we need. And so we're going to pause here for a second because I want to talk a little bit about this. All right, so let's talk about the hypocrites. This is what, in my eyes, when I prayed through this and I've been thinking through this, this is what I I imagine Jesus somewhat sharing with his disciples. Don't stand on the street corners or in the synagogues and do this. Oh, great and powerful. That's, That's not what God wants. That's not what he needs. At the same time, he doesn't want you just going... Reverency thoroughly, previously, thee I say to thee. Those are big words, right? It's okay if that's your vocabulary, but you don't need to put on a face. You don't need to put on a mask. You don't need to pretend to be anybody who you're not to worship your creator, to worship your God. God calls you right where you are, right when you are, and right how he made you. You are his perfect creation, Let's talk about the do's. Here's the do's. Matthew 6, 6, and then 9 through 13. And we're going to scroll through these a little bit slower, but Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. That in and of itself is so awesome. How many times, especially as adults, and kids, you might not get this yet, but how many times as adults have you felt like you were under so much duress or stress and things are coming down on you, your world is falling apart, you feel like, I can't do it one more day, I can't live with her anymore, I can't live with him anymore, I can't do it, I can't be at this job, I can't walk in there anymore, there's a lot of can'ts, but when the can'ts start happening, you find yourself taking yourself away and hiding in your car and turning on the music or moms locking yourself in the closet for a few minutes, giving the kids a movie and something to, to keep them busy for five minutes. Just five minutes. There's something about taking time in secret. There's something about taking time in prayer. Your father who sees everything, God sees everything, but he sees in secret. He will hear you in secret and he will reward you. Now, this doesn't mean that prayer corporately or group prayer is bad. We stand up here and we pray, I don't want to confuse you. When we're praying up here as leaders of the church or if we're praying together as as friends, we're praying together to lift each other up and to praise the word of God and praise God, then we are doing something that's a little bit more special. We're praying together in agreement when we're leading you in prayer. You're praying with us. We're agreeing with God. Jesus says in the Bible, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I will be. There's something special about praying together but there's something intimately special about praying in secret. So let's keep moving on. Matthew uh, 6, verse 9 through 13. 
Jesus says, here's how you pray, guys, because they're trying to make it big, right? He's already told them what not to do, and he's saying, here's the simple thing. So we're going to stay on this slide for a second. Um, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He's literally saying, God in heaven, Father in heaven, we're putting God on his throne. We're taking ourselves off of our throne in that moment, and we're putting God on the throne of our life. Hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Holy is your name. One of the most important days of, of the rest of my life will happen on the day that I'm called home. Because that day when I stand before God and I have the opportunity to just look him in the, in the face and see him and be able to absorb who he is and be able to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I look forward to that day. Next slide. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is simply saying, God, your perfect will is happening in heaven, in the perfect environment where there is no sin, there is no death, there is no pain. But Father, through the hearts of the believers, through the, uh, the, the footsteps of the local church, may your will be lived out on earth as it is in heaven. Next slide. Give us this day our daily bread. This is pretty simple, right? So this is give us today what we need, which goes along with so many different things. God provided manna from heaven for the Israelites when they were walking in the wilderness. God will provide for you. If you're a follower of Christ, you believe in God, you place your faith and your trust in him, he will never leave you or forsake you. He will make sure your needs are met. As in anybody that I know that I've ever met before who fell out because they didn't have one meal. So it's okay. We can figure this out. We got this together. Give us, our day, give us today our daily bread. Next slide. And forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors. Now, for a long time, forgive us our debts. I thought this meant the debts that nailed Jesus Christ to the cross. That's what I thought. And I believed in that for a long time until I read further. And I started looking into different words and different variations of the Bible. And I thought, okay, now I get it. It's not forgive us our debts because we nailed you to the cross. Because our justification in Christ came when he was nailed to the cross and when we said, yes, God, I take myself off the throne. I believe in your son, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior. But what this is doing is this is saying, Father, I'm sorry that you tore all those blocks down. You leveled the playing field and brought me home. But then over the course of time, since I've been with you in private, I've built these little blocks and I've created a wall. So that's forgiving those things of sin nature that have come between us. And, lead us, uh, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So that is what Jesus said at the end. If you block yourself off from God and you don't forgive other people, you're impeding his ability to truly forgive you. You're, you're, you're saying sin is more important than what the promise of God is. So we have to understand that. Forgive others. Okay, next one. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So there's something I'm going to read to you in just a few minutes here that I'm, I'm going to ask you to think about. But before I read that, um, think about this. Lead us not into temptation. We're all tempted to do things. Temptation in and of itself is not the sin. Temptation in and of itself is from the devil. It's not from God. But God always provides a way out when you're tempted. And that way out is to turn to him. Okay, so you don't have to say what you're about to say because the guy cuts you off. You don't have to speed up to try to pass him. You don't have to get upset when your kids are not listening to you and throw something. You don't have to do all that. The temptation is there, the thought, the desire, the want to do that stuff is there, but you can turn to God. You simply walk away and say, God, I can't deal with this. I need your help. It's that simple. And deliver us from evil. That's very simple too. That's keeping us away from the evil one. That's guiding us in another direction. 
All right, so now that you guys understand that, we have our wonderful portion of prayer that we just talked through. We're going to come back to that in a second, but we're going to go into fasting. Who's excited about fasting? All right, all three of you guys. Thank you very much. Let me just tell you what, I cannot fast without God. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't survive because I turn into, um, you heard hangry? You ever heard that phrase, hangry? Somebody's hangry? Yeah. Um, it's more than that. It's more than that. If you could say any other word other than hangry, I don't know what it would be, but it would not be good. All right, so the, let's talk about this one. This point number two is fasting disconnects us from the world. Fasting disconnects us from the world. And uh, for this, we're going to go Matthew 6, 16 through 18. So just hang tight right where you're at on this one. So fasting, the, the Greek word fasting, nistaya. Very simply put, biblical fasting is a voluntary abstinence from food. Voluntary abstinence from food. That's what we call biblical fasting. Now, I do also believe if you've never fasted food before or if there's any type of medical condition or if there's something else that's happening in your life that's taking away your focus on God, then you need to fast from that. That's my opinion. That's a decision you have to make. So fasting takes our dependence on ourselves and places it on God. Jesus says that we're not meant to live on bread alone but the bread of life. Okay, so the important thing there is we're taking our dependence away from us and we're giving it to God. Fasting is a tool used by the Holy Spirit in order to change us, in order to break down those sin barriers, in order to open our eyes, open the eyes of our heart. Something really cool about this, the word heart is cardio in Greek with a K, not with a C. It's cardio. That word is mentioned specifically in the Greek translation of the Bible, over 800 times. That's pretty powerful. And not once does it mean the heart that pumps the blood from our chest. You see, the word cardio in Greek means the heart, the mind, the character, the inner self, the will, the intention in the center of one's person. Joel 2.12 says, that is why the Lord says, turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in grief, but tear your hearts instead. Tear your hearts instead. Not your literal heart, but your spiritual heart. What happens when you build muscle? You lift weights, and your muscles begin to tear. And as they heal, they grow. They expand. That scar tissue. Well, as your spiritual muscle, your spiritual heart begins to tear when you come before God, you allow it the opportunity to build up and to grow. So why do we fast? Fast is an expected practice of the Old Testament. Fast, uh, we know that uh, Moses fasted for two 40-day periods. We know that Jesus fasted for 40 days. As a matter of fact, Jesus says, when you fast, not if you fast. And this practice is a gift from God meant to grow us and draw us into deeper relationship with him. So I want to go to Matthew 6, 16 through 18 really quick. All right, cool, it's up. Jesus says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. He says, truly I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who sees in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. That sounds pretty familiar. He just gave us the exact same last two lines when he talked about prayer. Go in secret, do it in secret. When you fast, friends, I want to challenge you. It's kind of like having a secret to a surprise party. 
when you're fasting, this is so important that he mentions it so many different ways. But don't make yourself look like you're going without. Don't appear to be sad. Don't appear to be gloomy. And by all means, this is one of the few things that I will challenge you to keep off of social media and outside of the realm of everybody you know and don't know. Because fasting is personal. It's private. It's special. It's an expectation of the believer. It's one of the most amazing things you can do to separate or disconnect yourself from the world combined with reading God's word and prayer and you connect yourself to God. So we talked about the rules there and here's what I want to share with you. When you fast, first you must decide which fast that you want to do. In the back of your 21 day of prayer guide, there is a page that has different types of biblical fasts, okay? Biblical fasts. My disclaimer, if you have any medical issues, talk to your doctor. If you have a concern, talk to a professional about that, okay? If you've never fasted before and this is new for you and you're like, okay, Josh, I really want to figure this out, here's what I'm going to challenge you with. Start with something, but pray about it. You have to commit the time. You have to know your why. Why are you fasting? The why behind the what. Make sure you're giving yourself intentional time. Some of us, our fast time might be our lunch break, and if that's okay, and your friends ask you, hey, you guys want to go get coffee or food, don't go, no, man, I can't, I'm fasting. Don't do that. You may, not, you may have done that before, it's okay, but don't do that, because what it's all about, it's just about bringing yourself in front of God. Go to your car, go to your office, put your headphones in, listen to, to some, some music, put on Casting Crowns and listen to these guys and pray a little bit. Get in God's word, bring a Bible. You've got version apps, open it up, look at it, read something. We've given you 21 different things to look at and pray through as a church. They're small little snippets, they're easy verses. Pray through it for us as a community of believers. Pray through for the people who are gonna come and visit us and pray through it for yourself and your families. But most importantly, and here's what I really want you to listen closely. The first thing is, you've got to pray when you fast. You've got to be in God's word when you're fasting. All the time you should be doing this, pray without ceasing. You should be reading God's word, putting God first every day. Those are the ought to's. But when you're gonna fast, you've gotta do both. The most important thing is journal what God's telling you and people go, well, how do I know what God's telling me? You gotta listen got to listen. See, there's not going to be this big cataclysmic boom. There's not going to be an earthquake or an earth shake. It's not going to, the, the, the veils of Hope Church aren't going to tear because God is talking to you. Now, I'm not putting a lid on God. He could do that. He's God. You know, my mom's here. When my mom talks to me, I want it to be quiet. I want it to be soft. I want it to be intentional. Growing up, I always thought when my mom yelled at me that I was in trouble. When God yells at you, it's not that you're in trouble. He's yelling at you because you've put up too much space between you and him. And when we fast, we break those barriers down because you've heard me say this before, what you wanna hear 
You want to hear the soft voice of God. You want to listen for his whisper. And a good friend of mine that I've connected with a few times, and I actually have talked to him on the phone several times. He's a pastor. He shared this message not long ago, this little piece that I'm going to share with you. It was so impactful because as I was praying for each and every one of you and I was praying for this service and I was praying over these chairs and who was going to come, I remembered this. We want God to whisper because we know he's close. But think about this. God whispers because he's close. Would you rather have God say, hey, or would you rather have him go? Go. 